This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 203, Derek Chapman on Awesome Hypnosis. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the program, and welcome back to Derek Chapman, who was first on the program back in January 2018, and just having watched some of the things that he has been up to since we last had him on the program, just had to have him on here back once again to talk about an amazing series of themes, talking about working with clients, releasing anxiety, working with clients to release fears, and really working at times with ourselves to overcome our own expectations and recognize that sometimes we have a message that needs to be shared with a much larger audience. So you're going to hear Derek talk about some of those themes of taking that massive leap forward, getting stronger results with his clients, and really helping to rethink his business model in such a way that now is serving people in a much better, more empowering way. Head over to the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com with this specific episode to get more details about Derek as well as his programs and just learn more about how to put the entire awesome process of hypnosis together. Uh, continue thank you, by the way, to those of you who've been reaching out in terms of the ongoing support with the book, Work Smart Business. We're well over about, uh, at this point, about six dozen testimonials, reviews, five stars online, uh, hitting some massive benchmarks in terms of the Amazon categories. If you don't yet have a copy, both digital and print is now available over at Work Smart Business. Dot com Plus, over on that site, you can get a freebie. It's the Positive Influence Power Pack. Learn uh, two techniques of influence, one for yourself and one ethically with others. Details over at WorkSmartBusiness.com. And uh, for the live version of Neurolinguistic Business, check out WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash NLP biz. That's my Three, that's my two-day post-HypnoThoughts Live conference offering where we're going to be applying NLP principles to your presentations, to your business, to your writing, to help you to really punch up your business results. And with that, let's jump directly into this week's session. This is number 203. Derek Chapman back with you once again. Derek Chapman on Awesome Hypnosis. Uh, thank you. I put my prices up. Um I, I see I see fewer people, but for the change is not is longer lasting. In that I've, I've honed down consultations because consultations where I spend a lot of time with clients. Um, also, the actual techniques I use. Um, I, I spent a lot of money on my training, and now I've sort of honed in like you do. You know, just seeing what works and what does not work. And after a while, you when you trust in your instinct, you can you can get the person in front of you. So when you get better about making mistakes. You can take that take that learning and move forward a bit. Yeah, I love that idea of uh, you know looking at what you've been doing and refining it down. You know, the anecdote is that you know I offer to my students that they can come back to uh, future classes at no extra cost, and it's it's fun to hear that game of you know, oh you're doing that differently now. It's like yeah, because I've seen another thousand people. Here's what's different. <laughs> well, yeah, if you yeah. if you had to kind of chunk it down to what's different about your approach, that's empowering you that's allowing you to do it in a shorter span of time and be more effective what are some of those uh, bullet points that help to refine that i would say it's probably client responsibility yeah because um in, in throughout my whole and people's beliefs as well your, your own beliefs as a practitioner or a hypnotherapist um when you um i, I worked a, 
I'll give you an analogy or a metaphor which, which, which kind of explains it. I used to work in restaurants and I used to be cooking sometimes and I, you don't get that. And I used to own restaurants and I used to worry about, oh my God, you're only as good as your last meal. And before this podcast, I, I thought about that and that sort of um, would worry people, you know. And but if you think about it, these days, everyone's got access to junk food. Everyone's got access to lots of food and they come to your restaurant to have a meal and they're quite full by the time they get there. Yeah. Full of their own ideas <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, I'm coming from what a great metaphor. And uh, after a while, when they're hungry for it, that meal tastes absolutely delicious. And their digestion, they can digest it and they can probably find themselves sleeping a lot easier as well. But when people come into your sessions, they're full. They've been to so other people, you know, and they've got their own preconceived ideas. They're not listening to what you're saying. Yeah. And that disconnect sometimes can stop you, the client and you move, moving further. And, and like I, I recognize with clients immediately uh, when to use any technique or not. Because if you do the A or B technique, it's as if they're saying, oh, no, I'm full. That's not working for me. Because they've had enough to eat. It's like when they can allow themselves to relax and really want the change, it's so much easier. So I don't take that premise now that, you know, that you're only as bad as your last, uh, you're only as good as your last meal. Mm-hmm. It's the client, it's, it, you, so I give that pre-frame where the client comes to see me. Are you ready to change? And, you know, I'll take it from there. Yeah, what's beautiful about that is, again, getting back to that idea of client responsibility, that I'd say that's, that was a breakthrough for me years ago, too, of recognizing that it's not just I am the almighty hypnotist and I command this to happen. It's instead, yeah, yeah. here are the things that we're doing. And I, I introduce this sometimes that to break it all down, I, even at just a simple hypnotic suggestion is a cause followed by an effect. It's an outcome yeah. followed by a result. Take a deep breath. That helps you to relax even further. Throw out your cigarettes. You take back control of your life. And as you take this action, you're going to realize this new result. So what, what are some of those, if, it, if it's action steps, if it's mindsets of responsibility, how are, you, how are you introducing that to your client? And Give us an example of one of those, please. Okay. Well, 98% of people come to see me are anxiety-based mm-hmm. issues, yeah? So the pre-frame for that is everyone gets anxious. They really do. It's a normal human condition. And people say, yeah. I say even the guy who probably prescribed that, that, that medication, you know, Citalopram, Sertraline, or Prozac, he's probably got a bit of anxious anxiety as well. It's a normal human condition. And when people get the fact that it's normal to have a tiny bit of anxiety, well, hallelujah. Because I guarantee you when you, you see a client, they don't just wave that magic wand and everything's all gone. They'll have a bit of anxiety. But when you can reframe that, how anxiety is and almost like educate the client that basically it's a normal human condition, but then the brain, the brain can often, you know, trick you. So it's almost like an education of like, I call the, the conscious mind, like a half cooked hamburger from McDonald's mm-hmm. that tries to make meaning on most things you're doing. And I also given that, um, I listened to the podcast last week of, uh, was it Melissa Tears who it's, it's almost like empowering your client with, uh, how the, the gut, I, I give them like how the gut's got 150 million neurons and the chest has got, 100 million neurons, yet the, the brain's only got about 50 million neurons. In other words, your brain, that burger brain, can actually trip you up sometimes and thinking that you're anxious and maybe you're probably excited. And they go, oh, I get that sort of thing. So they can't fail. I mean, that's another frame. Imagine if you could not fail. And then people think, oh, what could you do? Because basically, they, they, you take them out of their mindset, that negative mindset, I can't do this, I can't do that. And even though I'll show them when they come into a client consultation, the anxiety wheel, I go run, I run that through them. They say, oh, that, that's how I'm doing anxiety. Almost like disassociating the person in front of you and they're recognizing. So you're getting rapport without getting rapport. It's not salesy and you're they're actually associating their problem, recognizing how they're doing it. And every little door opens slightly because I, 
I liken it. So when someone comes to see you, the door is firmly shut. They've tried everything. It's not working. I hope try and calm. I hope you can help me. And um, you're showing that they can change just by just by cheating a, a minor tweak of um, relaxing your arms, doing the breathing. And think about what they want to have happen as opposed to the complete opposite, like tensing your body, doing some terrible breathing, and imagine the worst thing can ever happen. And then suddenly that becomes their reality. And they don't know they're doing the reality because the burger brain I refer to makes it all real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that mindset so of, again, you, using the yeah. education to kind of show, hey, this is how you're already doing this. And, you know, to look at that, the, even the application of teaching is that little principle that even as we're teaching a technique, we're already running the technique by describing it and getting that, that foot in the door. Now, I know this is um, a program, a product that you have, but just in a nutshell, kind of walk us through what that anxiety wheel pattern uh, is. Well, basically, the, the, it's like a little wheel on a, on a screen. It's a, it's a movie, like a, a moving, uh, what would they call it? Cartoon? Yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, cartoony yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> so it's a, it's a wheel that turns. And on, on the first thing, it says... Um, anxiety the anxiety wheel and it's, do you have uh, negative thoughts and the person's there thinking yeah i think i do and do you often have feelings in your body because negative thoughts create feelings and do you ever say things and that which become beliefs you know like uh, i'm anxious i'm sad i'm depressed and they're, they're reinforced by this circle of anxiety that goes round and round and round and, they, and i say so in other words when people can see what they're doing they can take back control of it almost like disassociating oh i'm doing that if you can recognize you're doing something you're not aware of, you know, because I, I liken it to most people come and see me are doing hypnosis already, some sort of toxic trance, you know, I can't drive my car, I can't leave the house, or, or that thing makes me anxious, or needles make me anxious, you know. But one thing it's missing is, is almost like taking responsibility and realize it's not that thing, it's your meaning you're making on it. And by, by doing that, uh, you, can have a little, you can have a little tweak, you know, but not a great sort of uh, magical intervention. But when people can see how they're doing stuff to get they get themselves out of their own way. Also, if you can bring some resources in that state, because what they're doing is they're negating anything like relaxation. What are you missing when you're doing that anxiety thing? How are your body? Oh, my body's tense. So, so imagine doing that peripheral vision. So you stare at the dot, the walls, take a deep breath in, and, and notice the difference now as you try to get the anxiety thing back again. What's the subtle difference? In other words, getting the client to notice the difference, not what's, doing, what's the same. That came from James Tripp, you know. Mm-hmm. What's different now? notice a difference because when people notice a difference and suddenly they get a difference or they notice a change there's something that you've been doing recently too that i wanted to chat with you about which is that you are charging for that consultation there's no longer the free option right well i I, well when i first started i I used to charge it was free Mm -hmm. and i i I got a lot i did a lot of facebook marketing and people would would often say yeah i'm coming to do that i'd turn up and stuff they wouldn't show so it it was 20 pounds that was uh i mentioned on your last podcast it was it was an idea that Bob Burns gave me. He charged for the consultation. He doesn't advertise it, but I, I'm up front. Um, but now it's like £50 for the consultation. Since last time, it's gone up £20. And I'm still very busy. And next week, I've got 16 clients, which is like nutty. You know, Monday to Friday, that's all I work. Yeah. But it used to be Tuesday to Friday, but now I've had to open up Mondays now as well. It's a rough so life I'm charging for my consultation. <laughs> Say again, what? I said it's a rough life to, to be successful. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, uh, well, it's, 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 so in order to be successful, it's like a... Like I said to you in the last podcast, it is, it's more than a job. It's an obsession. Right, yeah. It can be very obsessive. But I, I think I've become a little less obsessive now, which is quite good. <laughs> so when well, you can take your foot off that gas and just cruise, but then also don't get complacent. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's that yeah, it's, it's one, that game that, of you know looking at the elements. I'm in the midst of you know kind of a rebuilding of a lot of the steps of my business right now with the with the book launch and some of the speaking and just uh, moving the office and still looking. It's like yeah, but I want to keep that component, of course, of seeing clients. I, I enjoy that. I'm driven by that, and that doesn't mean we can't change the model of how we do it. But I love that idea that again, you're you're charging for that actual consult time. What's when when someone comes in for that? What's what's kind of that experience? Of course, there, I'm sure there's some sort of methodology to you're giving them an incredible experience, within, which then naturally leads to, yes, let's do this actual work. Uh, what's that experience for you? Well, it's, it's, I do like the experience. It's, um, I mean, a lot of people come and see me, they actually get a lot of change in the, in the client consultation, Yeah, which is okay, um, and they'll still follow through because um, oh, I feel great now. It's okay, that's good. And uh, I don't have to come back and see you. Well, that's your choice. But I mean, we haven't dealt with his emotions. So maybe down a few weeks, it may come back. But I'm not putting that as a as a, a suggestion out there. But I mean, I do get a lot of change with it within client consultations. But they do book as well, which is which is a good thing. Um, so the, the, the they'll book there. It's 50 pounds. It's all paid, prepaid advance. It's like when you go on a, on a plane, you're going to make that commitment. You're not going to turn back. Even the client uh, sessions as well. Everything's prepaid in advance. So it's on the schedule. And, and they know they're committed. That's what you want, commitment. Um, so the experience is they, they come to the door, and like I say, most people are anxious, and I'll say, you seem quite anxious, and they say, yeah, I am. And I, but you shouldn't really, I'm here to sort of, you know, assist you, I don't use the word help, that imply you're a victim, I tell the client that as well, you know. Because um, all it is is your thinking that's made you this way. So I'll do the, go into uh, the A, B, and C module, I'll say, grab my arm, and I'll pull my, pull my arm away, Notice that, that tension. So they're pulling my arm with both their hands. And as you feel that tension now, that, that represents your anxiety. But if, I, if you carry on pulling my arm away like you're doing, I'm going to relax my arm. If I relax my arm now, just notice how I'm controlling you. Oh, yeah. And now I want you to do the same thing. So in other words, they're pulling my arm. You've got that concept, Jason, yeah? Mm-hmm. It transfers very well. On the, yeah? yeah. So as, as we swap it over now, yeah, now I'm going to pull your arm. You pull your, your arm away. But now relax your arm like a puppet, and just so put less energy into it. So they're putting less energy into their arm. And they say, good, now you're controlling me. So have a sit down. And uh, what do you, what's the first thing you do with your body when you get anxious? I think I, I tense it. Okay, yeah. so just relax your shoulders and do this breathing. So when you relax your arms and imagine, just imagine your legs are relaxed and do the breathing. You breathe into seven, hold for seven, and out very slowly for 11. Because I'll say to you, I can't relax, okay? And then, but watch what they're doing because they won't be breathing properly, that's all. But as you um, allow yourself to relax on the third attempt, because like practice three, just hear yourself say the word calm and just focus on that word calm. And I said, that strange, I'm watching them. I said, that strange thing you're feeling now is called relaxation. Welcome to, you can relax yourself. And they sort of giggle. Not everyone does. Because when people come and see you, they're taking their issue very, very seriously. And that's another way I frame it. You know, imagine I did something last week with this client. um, uh, What was it? I don't know if you ever watched Salty Towers. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you know that bit where he gets out of the car and he hits the car with a, with a branch? Yeah. A, a stick. He's, he's, trying, he's going backwards and forwards to the hotel, to the, to the restaurant, Andre's restaurant, to make that duck or whatever it's called, yeah? So he, and the car breaks down. So he gets out of the car and he hits that, hits the car with a, with a stick. And I said, imagine, you, <laughs> it was only the other day, I said, and now imagine if you can um, imagine that anxiety is almost like that car that broke down. You're going to get out of the car and you hit it with a stick and just swat it away. And this guy just started laughing his head off, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said, try to get it back to what it was after, so it's sort of really sort of reinforce it. And every time he gets the anxiety, he told me he just thinks about Basil Pulte and hitting it. Nice. That, 
nice work. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it worked for him. It doesn't work for everybody. You've got to check it, obviously, what's funny for them. But that isn't, uh, so, and I'll say to them, uh, the education of that is when, you, when your brain lights up, you, the neural uh, networks um, will fire together. Even the, the problem issue, you know, neurons are fired together, wired together, heads and all. And it's like, when you're doing that problem, you're firing the neurons as well. But when you laugh about your problems, funny enough, you, your, your, your brain does that, those neural networks, positive neural networks, and it, and it highlights them too. And they go, oh, I think I get it now. So they were, and, then, and I sort of say to people, like, you never heard that expression where people just sort of, um, like, humor's good for them, or you can laugh at yourself. Or when you laugh at the world, you don't take yourself so seriously. And when people come to see you, my God, they're so serious about a problem. I've seen everybody, I don't think I'll ever get over this stuff. And that, that can keep it stuck as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, that little, that little, that little nuance, you know, can help people, but subtly, of course. Right. <laughs> Not yeah. My fame game. Yeah. Which, yeah. which, what I love about some of the work you've been doing is the way that you can bring in a metaphor that they're familiar with, and then use that as the mechanism, which really becomes that that foot in the door to help to produce that mm. change of helping to explain this is how you're already doing this. You know, I, yeah. I I say this next thing not just as a sales strategy, but when you're on the phone with that person for quitting smoking, let's say, and as soon as it's the question of you know, how many are you smoking because you've made the decision to have one versus that's just what you'd always done it, which is just beauty of meta model questioning, chunking down to the specifics. They haven't yet thought of it that way, which even just Mm. doing that suddenly now the perception of the issue is different than it was before, which now sets it in motion and allows you to go in and help them to, you know, produce that change. I know you do something with Russian dolls too, right? That's right. Yeah, It's it's a technique I, I... I saw that in a class, um, James Tripp did this, and I thought, how can I make this better <laughs> so I can understand it? Because it's a bit over my head. Well, uh, so I, and somebody, I don't know how it came about, someone mentioned the Russian dolls. I thought, now that'd be a good vessel to use things. Because um, now I've taken this a step further. So it's like a technique that's called the Russian dolls. Like, I mean, everyone, I don't claim it to be something new. So it's, 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 all, it's perceptual positions, um, let's say, on acid. <laughs> because when you can actually associate into... So it would be a lead-in. It's almost like a strategy. So I'll do a lemon experiment. In other words, imagine... It, can you imagine... I'll be showing you a lemon experiment. Have you seen that? Yes. No? Yeah, well, well, everyone's probably heard of that. But I'll go into detail, a bit more detail. Imagine you... So the client sat there. Uh, just imagine you're in your kitchen. Can you imagine that? And they say yes, even though you know consciously you're sat in that chair. And then I'll go through the whole thing taste the juicy lemon, la, la, la. And I link emotions to, like, lemons, you know? It's not real. So they, and, and, and once they can grasp that concept, they can imagine they're in their, their kitchen slicing a lemon, tasting it or whatever. They can also, also imagine themselves in this tiny Russian doll. I got, like, a little key fob that one of the, my hypnotherapy uh, uh, colleagues gave me. Um, it's like a little tiny Russian doll. And everyone can grasp that concept. If they, if they can do the lemon thing, they can also glass the concept in this tiny Russian doll, which, which we'll refer to as the problem state, but not the problem state or the issue, because the problem is, it sounds like a real problem, just the issue, because problems need fixing and we don't fix people, they change. So everything's like, a, <laughs> so I'm careful of what I say. Um, so going to the problem state and thinking about something you feel really good at, something, you, something you're proud of in your life, and that'd be the next Russian doll. But having said that though, if they can't get into something good, it's as if they're full. They're full with all the food they've had, metaphorically speaking, and all that stuff. And you will not, you, you can't get changed. So I, I know with that client, it'll be tricky. So it's a great litmus test to see how any session or anything is going to work. You know, you can get the resistant client. It's a great, it's a great way of seeing how resistant your client is because basically they can't get, if they can't get this simple tweak, it's as if they won't get much else. 
So in that respect, it's a good, it's a, uh, so I, you, I never fail. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I know where I'm going with this person. It could be a tricky person. Mm-hmm. That's all. Not a tricky person, but their mindset is so preoccupied with other stuff. They're full. They're so full that sometimes people need to talk about their issues. I don't get them to talk about their issues, but sometimes that may may help them. So I'll give them like, just give me like 10 sentences there, not two. Because <laughs> all I, you know, because they want to vent a bit. And once they've vented, they can move on with the process. So it's a good process, a good technique to actually use with the client sessions because you know where you're going to go, what other things you need to use with them, and whether the client's actually taking on board what you're saying. Because sometimes, like I say, they're full. And they'll say, oh, that didn't work for me. This didn't work for me. There's something, yeah, there's something really beautiful about that because it's, the, it's a framing of, uh, I'd intro it with the idea that the magician doesn't repeat the magic trick, not because you might figure it out, but instead because you know how it's going to end the next time. So this is that value yeah. of doing things prior to the hypnotic process, which of course is all hypnotic under the framework of, hey, before we get started, meanwhile, we've definitely yeah. gotten started, which is kind of informing yeah. you, this is how I need to best work with this person. It allows you, it's the phrase that's become popular nowadays, that there's really no resistant clients, there's just inflexible practitioners. And in mm-hmm. that moment, you're seeing how they're responding to the metaphor. You're bouncing an idea off them consciously to see what's going to ring true unconsciously, as it were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also, idiomotor responses. No, I noticed, I mentioned that in your last uh, podcast as well. I was, when you work in peripheral vision, you're seeing all the whole person. So you can see those little tweaks. And, you, and sometimes uh, with a client session, you can get quite, I can get quite confident in the fact that, um, I know this person is going to answer with a with a little finger or or a, this one that on Friday I'm referring to. I said, you know, you know, Bob Burns the Swan, but so I do my version without the Swan. Just put your hand there. I'll talk to that hand now. Just give it a little signal. <laughs> but the subconsciously that this person wants to let go can let go of that stuff, and the the and you know the the the, the finger will signal. Mm-hmm. And I think you you when you get unknowing, it's almost like you trust your instinct. That's when you get out your own way and do great work. So. One story I will tell you about, which is um, uh, how metaphors on, on clients, this, this guy came to see me last uh, week who was uh, a young person and the parents had to come with him. They, they said he had OCD. And I said, has he been diagnosed with OCD? Oh, no, but we think he's got OCD. Okay, so I think the mother sat there, the, uh, the grandmother sat there, and he sat there, the whole audience. And... Uh, the problem was taken very, very seriously. And I said, well, how are you doing this then? And he said, uh, one of the things I've got is uh, I need to, unless I sleep, go to bed at night and sleep in a certain position, I feel that uh, that my uh, my mum and my uh, other parent may die. And I said, okay, uh, and that seems true to you. Yeah, it does, very true, very real. So with him, I showed him um, uh, the Jürgen Rasmussen thing, which is the burning room. Yes. So as you close your eyes, imagine the room's on fire, like, what's that like? <laughs> Idiots, okay. And do it again. This time, whenever I hear, whenever you hear me say anything about that room, just hear, hear yourself in your mind. Just say it's only a thought, it's only a feeling. It's not real. So if it was a ten before. What's it like now? Oh, it's about seven. I thought, okay, we've got, we've got serious issues here. He's he's not even believing his own thoughts, you know. So I said, okay, uh, open your eyes and look around this room. Is it burning? No. Okay, so imagine it's really on fire now. What's it like? It's getting quite hot in here. Oh, please. And then close your eyes again. And I want you to hear yourself say, it's fake. It's not real. I'm making this all stuff. So what's it like now? It's fake. Right. Oh, it was a big, big smile on his mouth. It, it, it was a big, on his big smile on his face. He got over himself just in that moment. But one thing that worked for him was like he said, I have this negative voice in my head. 
And this came from, I think it was Dick Bettinger. So you, you heard of him, yeah? Yes. Yeah, well, it's a great thing he does because I, I put it in this post a couple of weeks ago on Facebook when someone said the control room. And it's similar to a control room. So I said, as you close your eyes now, I want you to imagine a lever or a dial. What color would that be for you? It's blue. Okay, in a minute, I want you to flick that switch and turn all that negative voice into Chinese or Cantonese. <laughs> Can you do that? Yeah. So you did it. Flick the switch now, the blue switch. And, when, and now it's in Cantonese. You can't even associate with this. It's like funny voices. And uh, then after a while, if they try to infiltrate you, let's say you send a text message and they always come in and see all that Chinese writing, try to, and you say, yeah, it's great. So what's it like now? Try to get the negative voice back. Well, I can't. I said, that's, he says, you're amazing. I said, no, I'm not amazing. You're amazing. You do. He says, yeah, you're right. I'm amazing. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I said, what I want you to do between seeing me next year, because uh, I booked him in for three sessions. I didn't believe in just doing the, the one-off that miracle thing. But in a, in a consultation, he certainly changed. So um, I booked him in for three sessions. And I said to him, him and his mother, what I want you to do is to sleep in the opposite side of the, of the bed so sleep in the opposite end for seven days before you come and see me and you'll realize that you're that everyone will be still alive because your mind's been tricking you about that burning room and he said yeah okay no problem so he came back a week later it was um last friday again it was the second time i saw him he slept on the opposite side of the bed he sleeps like a dream he's done really well but he's still got this belief that he it's, it's almost like the reality what's reality and what's not so when you can dumb down those behaviors and those beliefs. You can take back control. But he does feel more and more powered. He feels happier and stuff like that. Because I told him the story of somebody who came to see me once. I don't ever mention this on the other podcast about um, somebody who touched 174 objects, OCD I, type Yeah, thing. I think so. I think that came up. If, if not refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well she touched 170, only because she said touch wood in the client consultation. And then she sort of said, yeah, I do touch a lot of objects. And she's often late for work because she touched 174. I said, before coming to see me, what I want you to do is that um, this year, I did mention it, yeah, your favorite three. So she did, um, when she came back to see me, and like about six weeks later it was, because I was like really busy then. Um, I said, how many of those objects did she touch? And she said, none. Well, I told this to, the, and she said, my head didn't fall off. She got perspective. So I told that story to the guy who came to see me who slept in the other, you know, the different angles of the bed and stuff like that and worried about if his parents were going to die. Also, he does other rituals like coughing and stuff like that. So when he came to see me the other day, uh, what did we do? Oh, I know, the spider. Had a real severe uh, fear of spiders. And I liken the fear of spiders to virtually anything people do. But the way he was off the scale with it, you know, I said, what's it like, that fear of spiders? Oh. He jumped out of his chair when I mentioned it. Seriously, that's how great a you know, hypnotic he is. <laughs> um, that was from the consultation. Uh, what is it? Oh, about 10 plus. Yeah, okay. So I said, do you want to let go of that? Yeah. How will you know it's gone? Most important question. Um, well, I can just feel calm and, you know, if there's one in the room, one bother me and stuff like that. Okay. So you haven't got, you haven't got one in the room to test it, have you? I said, no, it's fine. I don't do that stuff. No, little did you know. And um, so I think I did... Um, a bit of sight up on that, mm -hmm. and it went. So then afterwards, I said, try to get it back. He couldn't. Uh, so I had this fake spider. He was chilled as anything. So then his mum was waiting in the, in the in the hallway, and I said, oh, well, meet your new son. And she said, how did it go? It's great. You know, how do you feel? Like, on a scale of anxiety, what's it like now? It's just zero. On a scale of uh, fear, what's that like? Zero. You know? What what more do you want? So he's in for the... I've gone for the couple of sessions, though. But I mean... It's just to re reinforce the changes that he's already had, yeah. make it more and more robust. And, and, and that's the most thing about it, you know, being congruent and actually imagine those situations you could not do that now. What's it like now? Oh, great. 
What's beautiful about so, this is that you're using that conversational structure and something interactive to really get that foot in the door, uh, just to kind of build the sort of the movie in the mind in terms of the actual work. Are you then going into, let's say, a formal hypnotic process towards the end of that, or is that kind of the shape of just how you're working with people nowadays? It depends on the client. So every yeah. client-led. Um, nice. I mean, this is. I mean, this, this client is uh, close your eyes. He will go in hypnosis. Yeah. The guy is in hypnosis in a trance, like I like him. Everything people tend to do is a form of hypnosis. And yes. they go, really? I just think I could be hypnotized. Well, if you're driving the motorway and you miss that turn off, everyone knows that one. But they, the clients sometimes don't realize that's a form of trance. Or you're watching a movie and you're getting annoyed or whatever, or getting crying, crying if that's a form of trance as well. And when people come and see me, they go, I don't think I can be, I don't think I can be hypnotized. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. What you're doing well, there's the foot in the door. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like it's, 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 there's a lot of re-education, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and when people get it, they can simply live a better life, you know, which is really great. And that, that's the buzz for all this stuff. When you get people to show them, oh, I'm doing that stuff. It's not that thing that's making me anxious. It's not that partner who's making me angry. It's actually me. And when they can get that, they get more control. When people come and see you, they go, I'm trying about losing control. It's that. So obviously we give you more control, not, not taking away from you. Well, and when people come and see me, what, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, so I'm always redirecting that so when people come and see when they sit in that chair they're overthinking they can't they can't uh their mind negative uh they worry about this they worry about that so i'm you know, and i'm talking about people in general so i'm just talking about them and they're, they're getting it you know and what's beautiful about that as soon as yeah as soon as you've done that you've now put again you've put motion to it you've put activity to it and now it's a thing they can actually do something about it as opposed to this is just what it is which is often that mindset when they're first calling or coming in Mm. It's like they can't do anything. They're, they're sort of stuck. But you're, if you give them the tools, so I mean, in life things happen. So if I do like timeline, I'll use timeline using the Russian doll technique, which I found very effective mm -hmm. because when people tend to tend to go into their issues, they go into the issues. But if they're a large Russian doll doing it, as if looking at that tiny Russian doll, what have they done? They disassociate themselves. It's a great metaphor. It's a great um, technique that makes other things get work better. I found. Yeah. Even in parts integration, imagine that tiny Russian doll. We're used to that that old behavior, and it's like on one hand, wherever it is. As you focus on that now, just notice how it feels. Like you can imagine yourself in another one. Oh, I can get that. And the people can get it. It's almost like a vessel protects them as well. Protects them going into the problem, but also protects them in life. So I, I'll say to go through the whole process, and I'll say, do you remember you used to that old issue, like as if you're in that tiny little Russian doll. But now as you distance yourself and you look back on that thing, as if looking at it from a cinema type perspective, ooh, yeah, that's what you're doing. What's that like? Oh, it's not so bad. It can only be bad when you go into that torn, tiny Russian doll and, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, and that sort of negative mentality that keeps it all going, you know? Mm -hmm. People's own hypnotic trances. So we, we first... that question. <laughs> yeah, I love that. We, we first connected years ago that when we uh, were in a class together and then kind of... Uh, you know, reconnected for the podcast. I'd love to ask this question. What's something that you would say you believed two years ago about the process, just in general or specific, that now you very clearly think otherwise about it? The whole process or change work or? I'll let you guide it. Okay, cool. So the, uh, basically now I believe the client in front of me is responsible for their own change. Yeah. That is it in a nutshell. Nice. It is, and and I, I, I'll guide them there like a GPS but invariably, people will, like, and it's great. You get these, I get some, the client, the trickiest client. It's not say the, the client from hell, which I said a few weeks ago. It's like, you know, <laughs> which is probably any of me. But it's like, if other clients are listening, you're not a client from hell. You can change. It's just that your, your mindset probably thinks you can't. So, and the, uh, this woman came to see me last week and she said, um, 
Well, I thought uh, you were going to change my whole life by that magic wand scenario. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, God, wouldn't that be cool? If I was doing that, I'd be charging £5,000 for a session. If that was, in fact, if you know anybody who can do that, please point them out to me because I'd love a bit of change myself. I'll give the disclaimer that, yeah, I give the disclaimer, yeah. this is not my line. But, you know, if it was brainwashing, we'd be booking less appointments and charging more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But seriously, I said, and so what are your expectations so, uh, of our sessions? I don't know. What is it you want? I don't know. What if you could, you know, you don't want that, don't you? True. So what would you like? You know, it's, it's such a, this person could be quite tricky, but it's seriously, it's like, I, I defy some of the people to get results of the people who I see. It's almost like, yeah, I don't know what I want. So if you don't know what you want, how'd you get there? You know? Mm-hmm. And I just want to change it. I said, before I do anything with those people, I'll hang back on them because I know they're going to say, well, that didn't work, that didn't work. You know, so it's like, if you need to change the mindset before anything can work, almost like, you know, let that food digest, that all the mental stuff, they've actually got full with it. Their preconceptions, that's a big, uh, that can be quite filling on the stomach, you know, <laughs> that I'm going to do all the work. So the biggest, my, biggest thing I can take away is really that to, first of all, see if that person's actually receptive to change. Do they want to change? Have they been sent by their partner? I mean, I saw someone the other night, um, I got real anger issues. Okay, right, who sent you? You came by yourself? Well, they've been needing to come and see you for two years because my friends keep recommending you all the time. I said, what stopped you? Uh, well, you know, and th- then he said to me, classic, this is a great takeaway here if, for therapists. It's like, whatever they say to you, it will be, your, it will be their reality, their strategy. Well, I, at the minute, I, I, um, I, when I go home, I avoid my missus and I go, I go for a drink. I just ignore her. I treat them that terrible. I, I treat them so selfish, it's unreal. So that was a red flag to me because I guarantee you'll do the same to me. And the same, th- so what if they say their strategy, they'll do the same strategy to you. So strangely enough, yeah, I booked them for the sessions. Have they contacted me? Have they, have they paid? No. <laughs> mm-hmm. So whatever strategies some people say will be their strategies for life. So read between the lines. And that's one, that's one of the biggest takeaways. But also, are they receptive to change? Do they want to change? Are they expecting you to do all the work? And, uh, also, a great question at the bottom of my uh, client consultation form is, what are your expectations of our sessions together? So we can match those expectations. What I love it in a nutshell. Yeah, I love that, especially the mindset of putting it in the ownership to them, which is not necessarily this, – this is a phrase that people get hung up on sometimes about not taking mm-hmm. an emotional you know, side in terms of the change, that you know, we are stepping into that role of educator at times. We're stepping into that role of – as you said, this is what I've said too for years, that here's how you're already doing this. Let me show you how mm-hmm. to do it better. Use those powers for good, as it were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, when they can see they're doing it, because people don't know they're doing it. It's like, that thing makes me. It yeah. doesn't. Look around you. Use the world as, as your barometer. Is anybody else getting flight, frightened on that flight? No, it's you. So obviously you're doing something in your mind that's, that's actually stopping you move forward, you know? Yeah, what I love is that these are concepts that you've not just been holding to yourself. You've put these out as programs that other people can learn from too, right? It's called The Awesome Therapist, which is um, it gives you everything I use when I work with clients to have a successful practice. Um, so from marketing techniques, how to be found, the most important thing, you have a great product that you never can find you, you know, what happens. And uh, people can sort of wish those people turn up and they sometimes they don't turn up and the phone's dead and a lot of hypnotherapist said to me, how do you get clients? And I said, well, first of all, do good work. Yes. That's the number one thing, you know. And uh, but other, other than that, um, do a little bit of marketing. I don't spend thousands at all on marketing. Everything I do is usually free. Um, so I, I list everything I use that, that, that gets me found. 
The next thing is client consultations. Um, I go into depth how to how do I do a client consultation. Um, whether or not to see that client or not is a, is a, is a good thing, you know, um, whether you can get change with that client. And then afterwards, I go more into depth of the techniques I use. Uh, I, there's also the Russian doll technique, which is which is very, very, um, it's a good little, it's a good tool to have in your back pocket as such to recognize you've got a resistant client, but also to get change, um, longer lasting change, because they can actually not be in that issue. Then it goes into even more detail of, what else do you get? So you get techniques for change. There's also a monthly uh, uh, Skype, uh, sorry, a Zoom call where I, I there's like other people within the, within the actual forum that that purchase that they get a monthly uh, Zoom call with me to answer Q and A type questions. And there is oh, there's there's, uh, there's some slides. There's also movies. There's an interesting cartoon that have a Russian doll works. Simple explanation, but it's so it's like an eight minute movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's like a, it shows the whole process from start to finish. And it's also every month, is, whenever I do a Zoom call, that's added into the program. If I find out the techniques or if I get a challenging client, um, I'll, show, I'll, I'll share with the, the group how I work with it and post it within the, the Awesome Therapist um, training. So it's, it's, a, it's a product that never actually, it's, it's like a, the gift of Christmas, they say, it never, never stops giving <laughs> for, one, for one, one fee only. You get it yeah, for life. I love that. I like the, the launch with raving fans model where it's just, yeah, we just keep adding stuff to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a program I sold like six years ago that I just, you know, last week ran a promo on the game of going, oh, by the way, this thing you bought five years ago, here's version 2.0. <laughs> Much better way to do things. Yeah, this has been awesome to reconnect and hear some of the updates on it, and especially, you know, what what's really admirable inside of this is that, yes, giving credit where it's due. Here's an idea that I saw James Tripp do, but here's how I've put my spin on it. Here's something that I've heard Melissa Tears talk about, but now having workshopped it with a bunch of clients myself here's how i approach it which you know the, the skilled student out there will then go out there and of course yes I, i'm inside of it too pick up awesome hypnotist pick up anxiety wheel yet also then look back to the lineage and go well here's where this theme comes from oh here's this thing that i you know went through in my original certification class of the lemon test and kind of dismissed but i'm seeing oh i got to start doing that again but this ability yeah. to not get stuck inside of a process or a routine of something and instead challenge it and go, how do I make that work better? That That's awesome. Hey, that is awesome, isn't mm -hmm. it? <laughs> it is. The awesome therapist is. Yeah. Also, I do an awesome, I also do an awesome mentoring course as well. And we'll, uh, put, we'll, we'll put links in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com. But Derek, where can people find your programs? Where can they get in touch with you? Uh, DC at uh, DC Mind Coach. It's Derek Chapman. That's the DC. And Mind Coach is a Mind Coach. So Delta Charlie, mindcoach.com. Jason Lynette here once again, and as always, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for leaving your reviews, for sharing this in your social media streams. Head over to the Work Smart Hypnosis website for the details about Derek's programs, and as well, check out WorkSmartBusiness.com. That'll give you all the details of the book, plus WorkSmartHypnosis.com forward slash NLP biz. That's neurolinguistic business. That's my two day live hands on interactive course at this year's HypnoThoughts Live 2019. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for next week for another awesome session. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis podcast at WorkSmartHypnosis.com. 